We're back again for another edition of Friday Night Rivals, the podcast episode number 12, as we are getting ready to hit the playoff stride of the season as the regular season came to a close this past week in the great state of Tennessee. As always, I am Dave Keelan, joined by Chris Goforth. Minus this week, the keynote speaker, the uh, Hall of Famer, Scott McMahon. Listen, when the uh, loyal order of the water buffalo calls for you to come be their keynote speaker, you... You yeah. got to go. Well, uh, we can add caregiver to his uh, list of many titles this week, as he. Uh, well, we won't go into that for reasons, uh, you know, personal reasons, but uh, we can we can throw that one on his uh, on his title card now. Uh, another week of high school football under our belts. Now, uh, final week of the regular season in the state of Georgia coming up this week, but playoff time. Uh, as for all essential purposes, is here. Uh, as many seasons came to a close last week, Chris, who were what were some of the surprises? What were some of the not surprises from last week? I, not surprises, I guess that's a word. Um, phrase. It'd be a phrase. What surprised you and what didn't from last <laughs> well, week? Let me rephrase that. Uh, you know, we talked a lot uh, this last week uh, here about uh, about Loudon, and I think uh, that win over Red Bank. I'm not going to say that it surprised me per se. I, I think Loudon is. Uh, I think Loudon's a good team, right? And, yeah. and I, I thought they had a, a shot at this. I did not expect it to be quite that one-sided. I, I didn't think either team would win by that big of a spread. Right. I, I really thought that was going to be one of those 26, 28, 27, you know, 28, 31 kind of games where, you know, three to four points would separate the two. That wasn't the case at all. It was kind of like the uh, – I think Red Bank kind of – uh, digressed to that team they were earlier this season. Um, I think that was probably the kind of the the chickens coming home to roost, as so to speak. You know, we were trying to. The, Chris Brown would say, we you know at that point of the year early, we were like Red Bank just keeps clicking them off. They just keep handling their business. And Chris Brown was kind of like. I don't know how we got a win. You know, there were so many turnovers. There were so many mistakes. We yeah, didn't they, play I mean, our best ball. They didn't look sharp early in the year. And I really thought, and I think I said it here, that after they got that win over Ray County, I thought that was kind of the uh, maybe the turning point for them in the season because that was – to me, that was a total domination of a really good football team. And I thought, okay, all right, Red Bank's got it now. They're they're okay now. Um, and, look, I still think they can, they can win a couple of games in November and make a little bit of a run here. Can they get back to Loudoun again? Can they get to that rematch with, mm-hmm. with Loudoun? You know, Loudoun is a very good football team. They're keyed by Drew Jackson. They don't do anything overly spectacular. Uh, they just uh, they they just go slowly, methodically down the field. You know, they had that big play capability. There was one play in the in the fourth quarter uh, where they broke it for eighty yards on a Jackson run right after a missed field goal. Red Bank had to tie it up. Um, so there were there were opportunities there to for Red Bank. It was just like. Loudon capitalized. Red Bank couldn't get back into it. You know, after the 73 lead at the halftime, at half, you know, Loudon comes out and they score a touchdown in the second half to take the lead. And it was just kind of like Red Bank never could get over that hump, so to speak, in that game. What else uh, from last week stood out to you? You know, I think um, uh, Jalen Hunt and the night that he had at McMinn County, again, I'm not surprised to see them winning. I was surprised to see the numbers that he put up in that game. I thought that was, uh, from an individual effort, that was as good of a night as I think Jameer Gibbs included. Uh, I think that was as good of a night as uh, as we've seen from anybody in our area. And a um, big statement, too, to say that again. 
against Bradley Central, yeah. uh, a team that we saw earlier this season, uh, and we've done nothing and but I compliment still, them on all the talent that they have. I, I still say I think Bradley Central has the best collection of skill people of anybody in this area. I think it's as, I think it's the best group we saw all year. So there was that. Um, Cleveland with a last-second field goal win over Ottawa. I thought that was uh, a nice way to end the season on a high note for them and, mm-hmm. and to kind of spoil another team's chances of, of getting into the playoffs. Um, talk about Baylor-McCauley. Uh, two teams last week. Baylor gets the win over Brentwood Academy. Uh, McCauley not so stellar outing against Innsworth. I mean, they pretty much had everything wrapped it's like up. two in a row for Macaulay now, right? Or two out of the last three? Yeah, they, they, they lost to the Clearwater Prep team the yep. week before uh, Innsworth this past week. But uh, you said it on a level. You've kind of fallen out of love with these teams, and I, I'm surprised. No, no, no. I, I think uh, I'm telling you, everybody in the state has been sleeping on Baylor. I think Baylor's the best team in, in Division Two right now. Based on the way they've played the last couple of weeks, so long as Elijah Howard stays healthy, I think Baylor's the best team in Division Two. And what better way, what a great surprise to wake up to on Saturday morning to look at your TSSAsports.com page, look at the TSSAA uh, State Football Championship games, and see the bracket lines up who could meet in the state championship game can tucker stadium hold that many people i believe it could i, I think because i'm telling you if they get there there'll be twenty thousand people there oh yeah yeah it Easy. could be the biggest crowd that they've seen yes. in a state championship game especially in cookville um and you could see i mean it lines up you know the way these two teams can can go out but of course again anything can happen it's playoff time um you still got to play them, and in that in that division they play in, and I think we've we've seen that over the course of the years. Any given Friday night, anybody can beat anybody, and so you still got to go out and get it done. You know, teams that we thought when we look at Baylor and McCauley, uh, for instance, and they get the playoff time. It may not be the best Baylor team that we've seen all year, and they go out to MUS and they knock off. Uh, a Memphis University school, or they go to Briarcrest and they win games like that. It, it, it's interesting because they'll go to the furthest reaches of the state of Tennessee right. as a three seed, and they'll pull off an upset, and they're one game away from playing in a state championship. So, as we can see, anything can happen in these Division Two state playoffs. Um, who else stood out to you last week? Uh, you know, South Pittsburgh came out and took care of business in two, in 1A. They flexed that muscle like they were, uh, you know, kind of like they were capable of doing. So uh, wasn't necessarily surprised by the outcome in, uh, uh, in that game in, in 1A. Um, for everybody else, I thought it was kind of, you know, everything went kind of chalk. I expected East Hamilton to win. Um, I thought they got a fantastic defensive effort against what I think is still a, a pretty good Howard team. Um, so for them to be able to win the way they did, I thought that was good. But for the most part, at least in Tennessee, I thought everything went about the way that I thought it would go. Boyd Buchanan got a wake-up call last week as well. They did, and I hate that for them because they've had a heck of a season now. But still, regardless of what happens here on out, regardless of what happened last week, you go from 0-10 to eight and two. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's storybook kind of stuff. But they, on the other hand, that might be the wake up call they need come playoff time. Yeah. I mean, it could be a wake up call in, uh, on the other end. And I know they're really excited. They've done a big social media push there this week to try to sell tickets with the idea being that, hey, this is our first ever playoff appearance in Division Two. 
because they've taken their lumps the first couple mm-hmm. of years in that uh, uh, private school division there. And now they've finally gotten themselves to the point of being able to, to host a playoff game. So, But again, I think in that division as well, it's um, you know anybody can beat anybody. You know, just a few uh, standout performances. You talked about Jalen Hunt last week at McMinn County. Uh, Jameer Gibbs finally went over the 2,000-yard mark. Uh, he rushed for 180 yards, one touchdown on 22 Leads carries. Leads the state of Georgia. Uh, in the 17-14 to 14 loss to Alatoona last week, uh, Gibbs, he was the first 2,000-yard rusher this season as he is at 2144 uh, this season. North Murray, Lad McConkey, we saw him play earlier this year uh, against Ringo. Uh, he was 12 of 16, passing for 165 yards and three touchdowns and rushed for 156 yards uh, in a 31 to nothing shutout over LFO. Uh, Christian Heritage, we haven't really talked about them much this year. They had a wide receiver, Evan Lester, who showed out this week. He had four receptions for 100 yards, two touchdowns, and a 28 to nothing victory over uh, Gordon Lee and Lafayette quarterback Jalen Ramsey. There's a name. I can stand out for you. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey uh, rushed for 293 yards while uh, running back Jamario Clements rushed for 250 and a 49-45 loss to Pickens. Each had 20 carries and two touchdowns. It's a pretty good little uh, average yard per carry there. 540 yards and you still lose? Wow. As as the great Henry Davenport Where's used to say. Where's the defense? Where's the defense? That's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, there's got to have some backup here. It's like, come on, guys. You got 500 yards rushing between two guys here. We got to have a little bit of defense along the way. A um, couple things here. Let's go ahead. Let's take a look at the uh, top tens from around the state in Division One in Class 6A. Coming in at 7 is McMinn County and Bradley Central at 9 as Bradley falls uh, from 7 to 9. McMinn County up from 10 to 7 this week. Oakland, Maryville, Whitehaven, Ravenwood, and Houston, your top five there. In Class 5A, no, lo- no teams locally. Beach, Powell, Henry County, Knox West, and Page are your top five. In Class 4A, Elizabethan, your top team in the state this week, as they will take on East Ridge. Good luck with that. Saw Coach Tim James today, and uh, he said he's excited. And I said, uh, well, we're excited for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Haywood County at two, Anderson County at three, uh, Greenville at four, and Hardin County coming in at five. Uh, in Class 3A, Red Bank falls uh, from number three to number six. Uh, is Alcoa, Pearl Cone, and Loudon in the three spot. Upperman and South Gibson now moves into the top five as they were just outside, as the Upperman and South Gibson were both outside the top five last week. Upperman will host Signal Mountain this week yeah so they should be used to the altitude they should be upperman uh and it's going to be cold yes, on the plateau it, it will be cold they're calling for snow up there friday oh my night gosh. and uh upperman offensive and defensive lines they are very good across the front it'd be interesting to see how signal mountain approaches this i think there'll be a rush on hot hands I would think so. By Friday. I think so. Signal Mountain Walmart's probably already sold out. Yeah, I think they'll start raiding Baxter and Cookville by the time they get up there. And it will be dark 30 by the time you get to Yes, it will be. After the it time Maybe by the time you leave. Yeah, probably so. Uh, class 2A, Meigs County uh, at number three, holding steady uh, behind Peabody and number one, Trousdale at two, Forest at four, 
Watertown at five. Tyner, not in this one. You know, I kind of feel like Tyner's been slept on a little bit here. In the, well, they five. have been. They have been because they played such a tough schedule. And I think people look at that record. People from across the state, um, which is what this poll is made up of, people from across the state, they're not taking time to look to see who all Tyner has played. They don't realize they played Baylor and Chattanooga Christian in, in the first two weeks of the season. Yeah. So all they're doing, they're just looking at wins and losses. And you know, they're, played they're a little while this year? Did they play a little while? No, they didn't play a while. Usually, they, I mean, they always have a couple on the schedule like oh, that Wayne, each year. Wayne Turner, he, he's not afraid of nobody now. No, 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 no. Not at all. Ain't scared. Uh, class 1A, South Pittsburgh still holding steady at 9-0 and uh, in Class 1A, followed by Huntington, Lake County, Monterey, and number 5, Greenback. It's setting up where Greenback and South Pittsburgh could play for the state semifinal in Class 1A. Probably be South Pittsburgh and Lake County in Cookville, if I had to take a guess. Yeah, I would not be surprised. I mean, the way they've played this year and from everything that coaches have said about South Pittsburgh and this is not from South Pittsburgh themselves this look this team is legit possibly the most legit South Pittsburgh team that we've seen in quite so quite some time in division two class a Nashville Christian uh, undefeated Davidson Academy friendship Christian uh, University School of Jackson and Kings Academy in fifth class double a evangelical Christian Grace Christian CAK Battleground Academy and number five Boyd Buchanan in the five spot down from number two uh, this past week. Class AAA, MUS, your top team in the state, as Macaulay has lost their last two on a two-game losing streak, followed by number two, Baylor, number three, Macaulay, four, Briarcrest, five, Innsworth, which is, again, goes to show you cannot put your faith and a bunch of sports writers who put together the state ranking system. In the state of Georgia, we actually have a couple of area teams who are uh, coming in this week in the uh, top 10 in Class AAA. Uh, North Murray holding steady. They were number 10 uh, last week in the Class AAA standings. Uh, Peach County, Cedar Grove, Pierce County, Greater Atlanta Christian, and Crisp County are your top five there. Uh, last week, North Murray, again, we said uh, beat uh, LFO 31 nothing. And Lad McConkey with his uh, outstanding showing there. Christian Heritage in the Class A private rankings uh, this week. They are number eight in the state of Georgia, again, after their uh, shutout of Gordon Lee last week. Um, Athens Academy, the number one team, Holy Innocence. Eagles Landing Christian, uh, strong program there. Uh, Darlington at fourth and Fellowship Christian at fifth. Uh, I don't see any others there that people may be familiar with. Um, interesting news this week. Some more interesting news out of the state of Georgia this week. Some reclassifications. Uh, some local teams affected yep. by that a little bit. Uh, we saw Lafayette will drop down from four to three A. I think they'll uh, that will suit them really well. I think no, they I can agree. compete uh, in in that yep. in not just in football but in all sports uh, across the board. Um, Calhoun, man, they they took the screws in this one as they'll go to five A. <laughs> And it's uh, it's going to be a tough road to hoe for the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, this is this is a huge step up. They have always been. Uh, I mean, it's hard to believe. What was it three years ago? Four years ago? Whenever they were in the same region with with Dade County. Mm-hmm. I mean, so this is a program now that has gone. Um, I mean, they they have gone from the frying pan right into the fire. I mean, this is. <laughs> 
This you you're you're when you go to that level and look, Catalonia's really good. They got a ton of athletes. That's not going to change for them. But this is a whole new level of competition. It reminds me a line from the American Dream, Dusty Roads. <laughs> I've winded down with kings and queens. I've slept in alleys and dined on pork and beans. And I think that's kind of where Calhoun's headed yeah. in five A. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think it, it. You know, when you're when you're good. People notice, and I think that's where people want to be. And then, of course, there's been all kinds of new changes uh, in the state of Georgia for the multipliers and things like that as far as for, like, the city school system um, to where Calhoun will be playing in a, in a higher classification. I think Dalton was one of those schools, too, that was kind of worried that they may be going up from 6A to 7A, which is the highest classification in the state right. of Georgia. Um, good news is they're going to stay in 6A. Bad news is they're probably going to be in a region. Excuse me. They're probably going to be in a region with Rome and Buford. Ooh! So, um, gosh, yeah. Uh, I don't. That's bad news for Dalton. That's great news for high school football fans uh, in this area who yeah. want to see some really good. You want to see what those Atlanta teams are made of? That's yeah. I think see. I think a couple of years ago, uh, maybe three years ago, I want to say Buford had twelve. Division one signees, not mm-hmm. not counting like FCS guys. This was all yeah. Power Five or Group of Five signees. They had a dozen on one team. Yeah, yeah, they've had they've had that storied program. You know, for years, for several years in a row, Calhoun played them in the state championship That's game. Right, and it was like, why can't Calhoun get over the hump? Well, have you seen Buford, right. the team they're playing? The right. other. The other triple A team, the or, other the other eight hundred pound elephant in the room. Yeah, I mean, it's like this team is a it's a dynasty, and that just goes to show you that that this area has grown around Buford, and they 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 kind of fluctuate. They kind of fluctuate in there. They want to be in around surrounded by the winners and of Buford. So that's kind of where their attendance has gone up. There's a lot of those schools uh, around Metro Atlanta because one. They have fantastic football facilities, athletic facilities. They all do. I mean, it is super, super nice uh, facility-wise there. It looks like I've been to McEachern before. <laughs> McEachern's like going – it's like going to a it's it's like going to a Southern Conference school. I mean, Lassiter, in terms of the – Lassiter, same facility. way. I've been there. Yeah. Uh, if you go to Tennessee Tech and go to Tucker Stadium and look at that, it looks like – it reminds me of Lassiter. Uh, you know, you got the – Got the high bleachers on the sides and stuff. It's uh, yeah, it's, and that's that's every Metro Atlanta high school. Yep, yeah, they're all that way. Most of them have turf. Kell um, High School, another Kell one. Kell is ridiculously good. Um, they look like the Texas Longhorns. Yeah, um, Marietta High School. Marietta's the same way. Even North some Gwinnett. of those. Uh, yep, I've been to North Gwinnett before too. They look like the University of Georgia. Yeah, um, literally and figuratively. So this is a um, it's it's just a whole nother world. And, and we've private said it before. schools and private schools in Georgia are insane. If you ever been to yeah. Marist High School, Marist that's where that's where they do practice for the Peach Bowl. Uh, Tennessee was there. Uh, they were there one day. They tore up the game field and had to go over to Georgia Tech after that and work on the team. I have been to is it Woodward Academy? Yeah, Woodward, Woodward Academy. Woodward Academy. Yeah. yeah. I've been to Woodward Academy before down there. Their softball stadium is uh the nicest high school facility it's not frost stadium don't no. get me wrong i think frost is frost is as good of a softball facility as there is anywhere in the country but their softball field at woodward academy is as good as 
are better than any other softball or baseball facility. And I think Ringgold has a great place. Yeah. This place is better. Possibly the best nickname in all of the state of Georgia. The Red Terrors of Woodward Academy. Yes, that's right. I like that one. They played Dalton a few years ago in the yep. playoffs. Um, anything we missed this week? No, I don't think Wrap so. Wrap up stuff? You know, yeah, I mean, I think we, we put a nice little bow on this season, and now it's time to get ready for the second season that all gets underway this week. And, um, you know, for a lot of teams, basketball practice has already started. And for <laughs> I just came from one the, today. <laughs> about half of the teams on this list, basketball practice will start in earnest on Saturday morning. Let's go ahead and welcome in our guest, Donovan Stewart, this week to help us preview the first week of the playoffs in the state of Tennessee. So joining us now from TNHighSchoolFootball.com out of uh, Murfreesboro, Middle Tennessee guy, but he's actually, he's got a little bit of East Tennessee roots here, Donovan Stewart. Donovan, welcome to our Friday Night Rivals, the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Anytime we can get on and, and talk about high school football and the fact that we're in the first round of the playoffs, which is, you know, Chris and I have talked about this before, you know, it takes forever for the season to get here, but it seems like once the season's here, it kicks off and you snap your fingers and we're in Cookville deciding state champions it goes by that fast so it's uh it's kind of a it's kind of kind of sad that we're already we're almost to the end of this thing already it's kind of crazy well you cover pretty you you cover a pretty wide swath of high school football you you're a statewide uh publication whether you probably like to admit it or not but you've uh you got your finger on the pulse of pretty much all high school football across the state uh just kind of talk a little bit about some of the teams in Middle Tennessee who have who have jumped out to you, some that you actually probably get to see a little bit more, and, and what are you hearing around the state about some of our teams here in East Tennessee and how they stack up and could make a run to Cookville this year? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, being in Murfreesboro, of course, I'll actually live in Rockville, the new school in Rockville, the new Rockville school that's in 6A that's in the region with Oakland and Blackman and Riverdale. Uh, it's about a mile, mile and a half from my house. So, of course, I know them real well. And, of course, being in Murfreesboro, uh, you know, it obviously starts with Oakland. As as good as Oakland's been the last several, you know, since Kevin Creasy got there, I mean, they were good under Thomas McDaniel when, before he left and went to Christian Brothers. But it seems like Kevin has took Oakland to a different level. And the fact that they were – they're the defending state champions and they were really good last year. And the fact that they're probably better this year than they were last year, it's kind of hard to – it's kind of hard to believe. So it's, you know, in 6A, I think it's, you know, Oakland or bust. Of course, you know, probably it's probably going to set up a, a semifinal round with Maryville, which will be a, an absolute dogfight. But, yeah, I mean, being in being in Rutherford County, it kind of starts with, with Oakland and, you know, it kind of filters down to everybody else. But, you know, every year there's always great storylines and fun stuff to see and, and everything. But like I said, I just can't believe that, you know, we're, the playoffs are already starting this quickly. It's and like I said before, you know, it takes forever for it to get here. We're all working on preview stuff in, in June and July, and then it gets here in August, and then you snap your fingers and it's gone. So you talk we're about, working on off season stuff. You talk about Oakland in six A, and that's kind of I guess will be the 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 semifinal matchup for Maryville, but. Talk about West Tennessee from teams that we don't hear about over there because, you know, a couple of years ago we sit there and we were talking about Maryville, Oakland, Maryville, Oakland, and next thing you know, Whitehaven's your state champions as they uh, as they knocked off Maryville. Could we see something like that again? Because I know there's some big-time Memphis recruits that Tennessee, UT has got locked up out there in, in West Tennessee. Oh, well, yeah, and the thing is, is you had you had the three, speaking of Whitehaven, you had the three, uh, you had Bryson Easton and, and, the, and, and uh, to, um, 
to Merritt McDonald and um, oh shoot the other the other kid escapes me but yeah they there was one McDonald was committed to Mississippi State the other guy was committed to Arkansas and of course Bryson was still he was still uncommitted and they both they McDonald and uh, and French Martellus French glad I thought of his name they both decommitted and they all wanted to play together so Tennessee got three not only really good players, but three really good linebackers for Whitehaven. And, of course, you know, it kind of starts with them at Weston 6. I think they're the favorite. But the one team that nobody's really talking about that they should be talking about because they're really dang good is Houston. They're in Region 7, 6A, and they have a running back named Lincoln Parr. And if if you wanna if you wanna see a really good high school football player, he's the thing about Lincoln is he's not getting a lot of recruit a lot of recruiting because he's only about five five eight five nine. But if you go on a huddle and and put in Lincoln Parr P A P A R E and and look at this kid and watch this kid play, he's really really a good player. And the thing is, he's put up he's put up I think almost two thousand yards rushing this year, and he put up about. I think it was about seventeen, eighteen hundred last year, and of course they're undefeated, and they probably, I think that's a quarterfinal, that would probably be a quarterfinal matchup with Whitehaven. So I think they're the really uh, Whitehaven and and Houston are the two teams in West Tennessee that you know if some if if the if a Cookville representative comes from Memphis, it starts with those two. But of course here in Middle Tennessee, obviously Ravenwood's really good, Brentwood's really good. Um, so those are the teams that you would probably see that would face off against probably the Oakland, the Oakland Maryville winner in, in the state title game. Donovan, let's go to 5A for a minute. I want to get your thoughts on Fulton. Uh, they will be at Ray County Friday night. Um, this Fulton team, they didn't finish the year quite the way uh, with a record that I'm used to seeing from Fulton. Uh, what can you tell us about, uh, about the Fulton Falcons? Well, it, you know, Rob Black, he is on, of course, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, the media director for the Tennessee Football Coaches Association, and Rob Black is one of our board of directors. And it started really rough for Rob because, um, they were, they, they lost their first six games. And, you know, they got beat pretty bad, and there was a couple of games that they wasn't even really close in, and it really wasn't looking good. And then the last four weeks, they won three out of the last four. And not only have they gotten better, uh, the thing is he's played a ton of underclassmen, freshmen, sophomores. Um, and, of course, now that he's played them all year, um, you know, they've gotten better. And now those guys, you know, coaches say it all the time, if you're playing freshmen and sophomores first of the year, by the time the playoffs roll around, they're not freshmen and sophomores anymore. You know, they've been through the wars a little bit. And they went through a lot of injuries, and they finally gotten healed up. And actually, he played a freshman quarterback, Jeff, uh, Jeffrey uh, Riddle, started his first high school football game Friday night and threw for 300 yards, had uh, two touchdowns passing, a touchdown rushing, and they won, a big, they, won, they won a big game to get into the playoffs. So, you know, I'm not saying they're going to they're gonna win a 5A state title, but they're playing their best football at the right time, which is when the playoffs start. So are they going to be a tough out? Probably. And, and and the thing is, is it seems like Fulton every year, they have a ton of athletes. And like I said, it started rough, but they're, again, they're playing their best football at the right time. And here's the one thing about those teams out of the Knoxville area, 
you may have a team that's five and five, and that may be the most deceptive five and five record that you've ever seen because the talent that they go up against each week and week week in week out in region play is not going to show how good that team actually is until they start coming around during playoff time this year. Oh, absolutely, and that's kind of speaking with the, the staying with the five A thing. That's that's like Powell and Knox West. Um, obviously, in in that East Tennessee. East Tennessee area, you've got Powell, Knox West, and Powell's 10 and 0, Knox West. They beat Knox West, Knox West 9 and 1. You've got, uh, Knox Central, who's 8 and 2. They're the defending 5A state champion. Uh, you've got David Crockett up there in, in Tri-Cities. They're 7 and 3. Um, so the thing is, is whoever gets to the 5A state title game from the east side, like you said, Dave, they've earned it because they, they will have to go through a gauntlet of really good football teams every week to get to Cookville. So uh, that's the thing. I think I think the winner in East Tennessee, whoever comes out of that East Tennessee bracket, I think they could be possible the favorites to win the 5A state title game because of what they faced to get there. You know, I think uh, of all the, the, the classifications across the state of Tennessee each year, the state champion that comes out of 5A seems to me is always a surprise because it's probably the one team that you've never expected. Is that as wide – is 5A, is that the most wide open in your estimation, Oh, a- absolutely. Every year um, I did a – I did a I started the victory formation last year. I don't remember what week it was. But uh, I did some research. And 5A, since since Tibblesley went to a six classification in 2009, you've had a, a – you've had one team that's at least repeated – in every classification, like 1A, I know Union City has went back-to-back. Friendship Christian went back-to-back in 2A. Of course, Alcoa has went back-to-back in 3A. Greenville's went back-to-back in 4A. Um, Maryville's went back-to-back in, in 6A. Oakland's got that chance to do it this year. Um, Brentwood Academy, obviously, in AAA. Um, somebody's done it in A and AA. But 5A is the one team, like, like you guys have said, there's there's a bunch of really good teams in 5A. There's probably every year 5A is the one classification. When you look at the bracket, you can say if about eight to ten teams, if these guys get hot, they're going to win a state championship. Whereas in 6A, it's the usual suspects. It's the Maryville. It's an Oakland. It's somebody. You know, it's a Ravenwood. Somebody like that Whitehaven. You know, Alcoa is the 3A 800 pound gorilla. All these other classifications have two or three teams you kind of zero in on. Like you said, 5A, one year it could be Beach. One year it could be Knox Central. One year it could be, Independence. You know, it could be somebody, to, right, it, it's somebody totally different. One year it's Farragut. It's always somebody, and every and like I said, every time you look at the bracket, like if I did Chris, if I, if I did Chris and Chandler's uh, uh, bracket challenge, I could go on and make probably eight different, things and pick, pick eight different state champions for 5A, seriously. And feel because, good about every one of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> because, like I said, 5A, they, 5A has good teams, but there's not that 800-pound gorilla that you kind of look at and say, okay, it's them and everybody else. In 5A, depending on what year it is, it could be anybody. Okay. Let's uh, – we, we've, we've, we've spent a lot of time on 6A and 5A here. Let's go into our two-minute drill on some of these. 4A, what do you see there? 4A, 4A could be like 5A this year. I think Greenville's really good. Anderson County's really good. Uh, Elizabethan's good. Um, Haywood County could be a team out from out west. Hardin County could be a team from out west that, that could be there. Donovan in 3A, are you buying Loudon? I am buying Loudon, and, I, and I'll tell you why. Um, 
when I saw when I saw them when I saw Alcoa against Blackman, Gary Rankin told me before the game. This was week one now, and I'm not saying Gary's Nostradamus, but he's pretty dang close. He told me that if Loudon didn't get hurt and they didn't have a bunch of injuries, that he thought they would be undefeated and he would be playing them in the semifinal round to go to Cookville. And I'd be dang if they're not ten and zero. So I think they're I think they're pretty good. And obviously them going to Red Bank and beating Red Bank by a couple of touchdowns last week showed you they're pretty dang good. Where do you see Red Bank falling in all this? Well, I think I mean obviously the eight hundred pound grill is alcohol. We all know that. But I think Red Bank, Loudon, and probably Upperman are in a dogfight to see who can get to that semifinal round to face Alcoa. Class 2A, do we finally get to see Tyner and uh, Meigs County play in a state semifinal game? That's very possible. I, I mean, I like I like both of those. And, and the thing is, is I mean, I know Trousdale's pretty good. I know I know Watertown's pretty good. The only uh, the only problem is um, if Peabody doesn't get hurt, everybody's playing for second. I think Peabody's really talented. Um, you know, they won. They're probably a year ahead of schedule because last year they won with sophomores and juniors and. Now they know how to win, and those guys have. And if you look at their scores every week, they've been they've been they've been beating people pretty bad. So the thing is, is if they don't if they don't get hurt and they don't have a big time injury, I think Peabody's your you know a repeat state champion. But it would be fun to see a Megs County Tyner get there because especially with Megs because it's been so long since Megs has been back. So I think that would be a fun that would be a nice little storyline for you guys. How many transfers has Greenback got in one A this year? <sighs> They are, you know, everybody complains about Knoxville and all those all those public schools and Catholic and the private schools. Man, Greenback, those guys. <laughs> it seems like they're getting they're getting they're getting transfers every year. The the they're the calling Braden them out Farms, of Maryville, man. They call them out yeah, of Maryville. Yeah, and that's yeah. No you know, if you're getting right, you know, if you're getting them from Blunt County, that's pretty good. But yeah, the the the, the Braden card uh, Braden Carnes, the quarterback. Of course, the first couple of weeks, you know, and that's another reason uh, I believe in Loudon, Chris, is Loudon smoked them that first week. You know, they put 54 on Greenback. And then the thing is, is Greenback, it took Greenback a couple of weeks to kind of get everybody together. But, you know, Greenback's looked really good. They've, they're on a way, eight-game winning streak. And, you know, it points all to South Pittsburgh Greenback semifinals. I mean, seriously. And I know there's some pretty good single-A teams. But Green Bay and uh, Green Bay, Greenback and South Pittsburgh are definitely the best two teams in East Tennessee, and it's a shame that they're not in opposite class, uh, opposite brackets, because that would be a great state title game. But the thing is, is I think whoever wins that game, I'm also excited for the Lake County Huntington semifinal. Hopefully that 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 comes to fruition too, because if you look at those guys, those teams and their scores. They're they're both putting up 45, 50 points a game, and they're both undefeated. So I think the one A state title game guys, regardless of who it is, if it's if it's two of those four teams that I'm talking about, I think it that could be the the funnest, most wide open state title game of all of all nine classifications. Let's switch to D two. Let's start at the top, Triple A. Do we see a Baylor Macaulay state championship game? I hope we I hope we do. First of all, I think it's I think it's a great storyline that Brentwood Academy is going from the four-time defending state champion to not even being able to defend their state title. Uh, you know, that's a storyline you just don't see every day. And the fact that, the fact that, you know, Baylor and Macaulay, I think they're, I think they're the class of, of, of AAA. I really do. I mean, I, I know that's the, you know, obviously Catholics getting better. Um, you know, MUS is really good. Briarcrest is good. Um, but I think it starts and ends at, at, at 
at Macaulay and Baylor and and I would love to see I would love to see that all Chattanooga final because like I said I think I think they're the they're the two best teams in in Triple A and again it's a great storyline for you guys. Do Donovan, you think do you, real quick? Do you think that it's kind of shifted from from Middle Tennessee this year? You know, it's usually been like the Innsworth, the the BAs, and the MBAs. Right. Uh, do you think it's kind of shifted East Tennessee ways to Macaulay Baylor now? They hold the middle minimum uh, yeah. right now. Yeah, and, and I and I think well, and I think I think if you and I think if you add Catholic in that mix too, I think Maca- you know the east the east part of the state. You go you got Macaulay Baylor and Chattanooga, and of course Catholic in Knoxville. Absolutely, I think it, I think it definitely has and. The the whole division, the whole AAA thing's been weird too because you've got the thing that's so crazy is you got NBA and John Paul going west. So you know that that whole thing has been crazy, and the fact that you know not everybody made the playoffs this year, and you've only got eight teams making the playoffs instead of all twelve, it's an interesting dynamic. But yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think it has shifted a little bit, and and really and truly, I was kidding with Ralph over the summer. That they missed the they missed a golden opportunity to win a state title last year because I really thought they were pretty much the best team all year and then you know BA somehow you got to give those guys credit they they found a way to continue to win continue to win and get there so yeah I think if I think if Macaulay Baylor uh, do one of them does not win a state title that they've missed a golden opportunity because I think it's there for the taking. Donovan, you told me something the other day about Brentwood Academy. What's the stat on them? How many times have they missed the playoffs in the last 50 years? Oh, it was uh, today in the victory formation. Uh, they The last time they missed, they, they had a 21-year uh, streak broke. The last time they missed the playoffs was in 97. They made So they made it every year from 1998 to 2018. Um, they missed in '97 because that was the year that the Tillis Double barred them because they had the recruiting violation and and they went to court with the Tillis Double and of course it played out in Supreme Court and for years and years and years. But the crazy stat, Chris, other than that, which is really wild, the last time the the last time they missed the playoffs was 1975. Wow! So basically, <laughs> they made right. So they basically made the playoffs. I mean, think about that. Basically since '76, and that was back when there was three classifications right. in the state of Tennessee. Right. So absolutely how dominant. Is so that? yeah, I was. I saw that the other day and about fell out of the chair when I saw that. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. And the fact that and like I said today, I posted there was probably I think there was 46 teams that have made the playoffs 10 years in a row currently. You know, consistent. And Southdale County, you know, think of this: Southdale County has made the playoffs 32 consecutive years. Wow. I mean, think how crazy that stat is for the simple fact that that's a rural, small school. And you would think, because it's a public school in the middle of nowhere, that they would have a three and seven year, you know, a two and eight year, at some point to miss the playoffs. But they, they have made the playoffs every year since 1988. Can't tamper and, with and, tradition, and then, man. You can't tamper oh yeah, with well, it. And, well, and and the thing is, what's really funny is that the teams that's two and three is Lewis County and Ridgeway. If I told you to guess, would you ever guess Lewis County and Ridgeway? Not in a million years. Absolutely. So, yeah, they've made it 20, 29 and 28 years in a row. Wow. So it's it's pretty crazy. And the thing is, what's funny is you think of some of these programs that are good right now, and then you look it up and – they missed a playoff run in 2011 or, you know, they've got a pretty good run going, but it's not, it's not 10 years 
consecutive or something like that. And that's what makes it, that's what makes it even more impressive that, you know, um, a South Pittsburgh, I think, I think South Pitts made it like 18 consecutive years. To me, that's, that's incredible. I mean, it really is. Let's go with division two, double a, uh, really about the only other place where we have uh, local teams involved. Chattanooga Christian Boyd Buchanan. What are their, uh, what are their, what do they got going into the double a ranks? Well, I mean, the thing is, Boyd Boyd opens up with Lipscomb Academy, which, of course, Lipscomb Academy, uh, you know, Trent Diffler was hired there, and that's been the that's been the hot team this year because obviously you hire a, a former Super Bowl quarterback. I mean, a Super Bowl. It was a sham I mean, quarterback. You know. He was a sham Super Bowl quarterback anyway. <laughs> well, he might be, but you know, he's. I've seen the ring. I've seen it the ring a, that proves it. You know, that was a defense won so, him a championship. That's what he just right, held it. That, he just held it together. <laughs> absolutely absolutely but so yeah i mean it's I, I think that's interesting they started off hot but then they kind of they kind of tailed off at the end i mean the thing is with double a that's another one that is kind of wide open because i know ecs in west tennessee they're pretty dang good and of course boyd's good you know i i, I think chattanooga christian has obviously coached um Mikakis has gotten those guys better every week um i think knoxville grace is pretty good um, and, and the thing is, what's funny is the one team that nobody's talking about because they're four and six. CPA is the defending champion. They were they were four and zero in their region. All four of their wins were in their region, but and they're the number one seed. So until you take it from their dead cold hands, you know they're still the defending state champion. So I think Boyd and you know I think I think Boyd and Chattanooga Christian have just as a, a, a good a chance as anybody does in that classification because again, there's not an eight hundred pound gorilla that. You know that that that's playing in that division. That you know that you say, okay, they're the best, and everybody's playing for second. I think there's like five A and like four A. I think there's there's a lot of pretty good teams in there, and it wouldn't surprise me what we see in Cookville. Well, Donovan, we certainly do appreciate you uh, taking time out with us to, uh, today. Talk about the uh, opening week of the playoffs, kind of giving us the rundown, the uh, the Reader's Digest version of uh, pretty much all the classifications. We'll definitely have to get you back on here in a couple of weeks as we get. Uh, closer to the uh, state championship games get your ideas on those and as the uh, playoff uh, picture as the playoff picture starts to uh, close down a little bit as season starts to come to a close and we'll be ready to crown a champion here in about four weeks so uh, we certainly do appreciate your time here tonight no problem guys anytime you know it uh, anytime we can talk high school football is a good day but anytime just let me know and we'll definitely do it again Donovan Stewart of Tennessee High School Football, TNHighSchoolFootball.com. You can go on there. He does uh, pretty much statewide coverage. Donovan, appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. All right, so Donovan Stewart joining us from TNHighSchoolFootball.com. Wow, a lot to digest there, Chris, from the uh, playoff picture in the state of Tennessee starting this week. Um, as you heard, everything that he had there, you can kind of give us the, the rundown as far as statewide goes. Locally, here are some of the playoff matchups in the state of Tennessee this week. Again, 7 p.m. kickoff locally time, local time uh, on this. Fulton at Ray County, uh, East Ridge at Elizabethan, uh, number one team in the state. We talked about them. Marion County at Trousdale. Westmoreland is at Tyner. Bradley Central will take on Farragut. That's pretty much a rematch of uh, week one, I think, wasn't it, Chris? I believe so. Uh, as Bradley Central will take on Farragut. Farragut won. They got the, they got the first meeting this year. We'll see how yeah. this second meeting goes. Sail Creek uh, on the road at Clay County. Happy Valley will take on Meigs County. Joe Burns is at South Pittsburgh. Uh, Sequatchie County and Red Bank will play this week. That's 
probably the only local matchup of all these uh, this week uh, as Sequatchie County and Red Bank will play. Walker Valley is on the road at Knox West. Uh, of course, everyone in the playoffs, everyone in that region made the playoffs, but Walker Valley, probably the uh, the surprise story. If I guess if you had to vote a coach of the year out of that region, uh, Drew Akins would probably oh, be. Oh, he's got to be it for the job uh, that he's the, done. One of the uh, top candidates there. C.A.K., uh, is at Chattanooga Christian this week. Bearden uh, is at McMinn County. Uh, Howard is on the road at Greenville. Seven and three Howard against the eight and two Greenville. Uh, again, Donovan talked about that one. Who knows? You know what can go on with that with that matchup? That could be a very good matchup. Yeah, for he Howard. said he said he thought if Howard could run the ball, I, I think Howard can run the ball. You know, the thing that that happened to Howard this last week against East Hamilton was it was uncharacteristic of them because they had a ton of turnovers and a bunch of penalties, and that's been the two things that this Howard team has not done all year until the final week of the regular season. Four turnovers and, like, I think ten penalties. Uh, Lipscomb Academy is at Boyd Buchanan. Uh, again, Lipscomb Academy, coached by Trent Dilfer, a sham Super Bowl quarterback. Uh, he did it wow. with all defense. <laughs> Man. Uh, I'm just kidding. I guess That's we've rough. I guess we've pretty much shot our chances of having Trent Dilfer on the show mm-hmm. with that you one. Took care of that. Yep. Um, Sullivan South is at East Hamilton. Uh, 8 p.m. kickoffs Eastern Time. Signal Mountain is at Upperman. Make sure to put on your uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth layers. Get your long handles out. (laughs) And, uh, you know, maybe you want to slay a bear on the way up there to use that as as some kind of warmth. Uh, Whitwell is on the road at Monterey, an undefeated Monterey. And Chattanooga Grace is on the road at the University School of Jackson East Robertson uh, will be at Bledsoe County this year as the uh, Warriors will make a first round playoff appearance looking to uh, get through uh, our big matchups this week we'll start with our sideline wrap up impact matchup uh, it's here in the state of Tennessee as Oak Ridge who is five and five will take on Saudi Daisy uh, as the Trojans are back-to-back region champions this year uh, Interesting matchup, Chris. Uh, again, like we said, this 5A is wide open. And what a matchup this to. It's a 1-4 matchup with uh, Saudi Daisy and Oak Ridge. But don't discount the Wildcats. Honestly, to me, it's surprising to see them coming in 5-5, five and five, which we know that they're probably better than that 500 record that they're sporting walking in. Yeah, the, my only concern about Saudi Daisy making a run in the uh, in the playoffs is really is really about depth. I mean, they've got to have Hunter Maynard. You take him away, and that offense just isn't the same. You take him away, that defense isn't the same. That's what I think is missing uh, or, or could ultimately be the undoing for Saudi Daisy is just depth. I think one through 22 they're 11 on offense and 11 on defense i think they're as good as anybody our uh, other matchup of the week we'll dip down into the oh, well let's go ahead and just take a look uh at some of our our other uh matchups in georgia it's the final week of the regular season in the peach state uh this would be a good place to start with that uh 7 kickoff dade county is at our murchy and that's right our murchy it's not our Moochie, Chris. It's our Murchie. I always say our Murchie. Good. I don't know where our Moochie came from. I don't, it's kind of like who knows where Whitwell come from, you know? I always thought it was Whitwell. It is Whitwell. And Wattburg. And, and Lafayette. Lafayette. Um, that one's even, you have to be from there to say Lafette. Right. 
and uh, Lafayette, no Lafayette. It's right. Chattanooga, it's Lafayette. Down there, it's Lafayette. So, or laugh at it, depending on if you were a rival school, because that's what I've heard them call it too. Uh, Christian, Christian Heritage, Heritage. Whitfield Academy. Uh, Christian Heritage having a fantastic season. Murray County at Harrelson County. That'll be a good one. Uh, Southeast Whitfield at Ridgeland. Uh, Calhoun uh, versus LFO this week. Uh, Gilmer is at Lafayette or Lafette if you're from the uh, Didn't lower, we just go through this? lower Walker County. <laughs> Yeah, Ringgold, uh, Ringgold uh, at Cahulla Creek and Sonoraville. Wait a minute, hold up here. We need to check Is this that. last week's schedule. Probably, probably. You wow. know, when you sleep on them. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> let's go with uh, our other matchup, the feature matchup in the state of Georgia for some of these uh, schools. Um, Heritage at Northwest Whitfield. Man, you talk about going from a – they could be a hero to a goat this week. Uh, Northwest Whitfield, if they can get the win, they will be region champions. If they lose, they will be on the road and the four seed out of the region. You're talking about all messed – all kind of messed up. Yeah, how good is that defense at Northwest Whitfield? I think we're going to uh, to really see them get tested on Friday night against Heritage, which is a team that can – you know, they're going to spread you out and, and try to throw it all over the place on you. So, well, I think that team and, and in particular uh, their defensive line and, and the ability to get a pass rush and, and affect the passer will be, will be interesting. It's been fun. Fun to follow Northwest Whitfield, Dave, since we saw him back, what was it, week two or whatever it yeah. was, against Dalton? Because you can tell they played so many sophomores that night against Dalton. They are, I don't want to say they're a completely different team today, but they are a much improved team from the one that we saw back in August. Well, Josh Robinson said it himself that the seniors on that team took it upon themselves after they got embarrassed uh, at Harmon Field 73-7 to in that game with Dalton. They took it upon themselves to say that we use that as a motivator. We're not going to let that happen again. We don't want to get embarrassed anywhere along the way. Now, they did lose another game along the way, but you look at how they went through and salvaged that season. One loss from, you know, because it was looking pretty rough in that game uh, whenever we saw them. Uh, you know, you were kind of – I think that was the question. How does this team react following that loss after they, you know, just got pretty much drug up and down the field? How do they respond moving forward? And I, I got to take my hat off to Coach Josh Robinson to sit here and come into the final week of the season and say, we're playing for a region championship. If we get the win – we're, we've got hardware coming our way. That's a that's a pretty nice little turnaround for this Northwest team. No, it's it's been a uh, like I say, it's been fun to watch them transition and improve over the course of this year because they were really young, especially the offensive skill positions, and and you've seen a bunch of kids grow up this year. And for Heritage, uh, win they host a home game, lose their three seed. So it's not that drastic of a change for heritage uh either way the winner of this game will be hosting in a playoff game first round next week loser will be on the road so home field advantage definitely on the line a region championship on the line and it could be as much as first to last place for one team Uh, a lot on the line for these two teams uh heading into this friday night again we'll have all the coverage for you at 10 p.m on fox chattanooga and 11 p.m on news channel 9 that is our friday night rival sideline wrap-up coverage 
coverage. Uh, Myself and John Madewell will be out and about. John will be up at Sidey Daisy. I will be at Northwest Whitfield uh, for the final week in the state of Georgia. Chris, anything we missed along the way? No, I mean, I think we pretty much uh, hit on all of it. I look forward. Let's see who's left standing after uh, after this week. We thin the herd. Yes, The we herd will. will be thinned after this week. Yes, we will. So, I mean, especially in our 5 and 6A teams, who can uh, – who can win? Who can survive and advance another week? Because that is such a meat grinder yeah. in, in five and six A. Yeah, usually those are probably two of the big ones that that they drop early. Yeah, they drop like flies in that one. Three A, four A, a little bit four A kind of on the cusp. You know, we could have a, a two two teams win, one you know two teams head home. But um, I think we've got some interesting. Uh, Interesting teams who can make some noise in the playoffs this year. Uh, again, Division II, AAA will start theirs next week. So, Baylor and McCauley will be in action on next Friday. So, they've got a week off to kind of rest, recuperate, and re-energize uh, for a playoff run. They get that first round by, and and then uh, they'll get started next week. So, again, I, I you know, the idea that those two teams could play for a state championship, who wouldn't want to be able to see that? And I think there is a, um, yeah, I think there's a good chance that could happen. And and like I say, I, I you know, I think Baylor, uh, Baylor's going to have to get through MUS in order to be able to get there. So they may beat the other best team in that uh, classification in order to be able to get to Cookville. That's going to do it for us here this week on Friday Night Rivals, the podcast. I'm Dave Keelan, along with Chris Goforth, missing our keynote speaker, the Grand Potentate. Florence Nightingale. Florence Nightingale, the key, <laughs> the keynote speaker. I think we already covered that one. He's got a list. We need to start writing. Hall these of down. Famer. Hall of Famer. Three Hall. Three time Hall of Famer. Three time Hall of Famer. Go ahead and just you know chew on that a little while. Three Halls of Fame in one year. Exactly. You know what? That's got to be a record of some sort. If it's not, it ought to be. It is. I mean, go ahead. Just you know, the Hall of Famer, and he wears that. That Especially for about. a guy that's still alive, too. <laughs> yeah, because they don't. It's like I've said before, they don't put Hall of Famers in in their prime. That's right. But he is. He's still in his prime. He he still looks good. He still got some vigor and can do his job effectively. So, uh, anyway, uh, again, we thank you for being here this week on Friday Night Rivals, the podcast. We'll see you out at the games somewhere this Friday, and we'll see you back here next week. <laughs>